This is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. I've mentioned before that during the coronavirus epidemic that my adult daughter, who normally lives in Philadelphia, and her boyfriend and her cat are living with us here in Maryland. So we went from two people to four people. We went from one cat to two cats, and we went from one car to three cars. So much more mass going on in our environment. Our cat, Kojo, is an indoor-outdoor cat. So he comes and goes as he pleases through a cat door that my husband and partner, Mark, built. And he's got it good. We're in the country, there are mice and rabbits and moles and birds, and then there's mommy and daddy who are take care of him and have a comfy place for him to sleep, so he's got it good. When my daughter Catherine decided to come to Maryland during the pandemic and she brought her cat, there was concern about Juno because Juno's an indoor cat, especially in Philadelphia. Definitely needs to be an indoor cat. So what we said is we'll keep an eye on them because the cat door is this heavy flap and Kojo is a big cat. Juno is this tiny, delicate little flower of a cat. So we figured she's not going to be able to figure it out immediately. She's not going to be able to just one try and go out, or so we thought. And we thought we would have some warning if she showed interest. So fast forward about three weeks, and we heard the cries of bunnies. And I don't know if you know, but bunnies make noise, especially when they're being terrorized by cats. So Mark and I go out in the carport to see what's going on. We figure Kojo caught a rabbit, which he did. And we noticed that there was no Juno in the house. So we looked all over the house. She gets into every nook and cranny. So it took a while down in the basement. She loves the basement. Her favorite place is the meditation room. (laughs) Funniest thing. She loves the meditation room. Mark and I searched the entire house. Can't find her. So I knock on my daughter's bedroom door, which had been closed. And I say, is Juno in there with you? Afraid of the answer. Pretty sure I already knew the answer but was still hoping for a good answer. And as you've probably guessed, Juno was not in the bedroom with them. So Juno was missing. What we figured is she must have been watching Kojo go out and she just followed right behind him. So she didn't have to push the heavy flap open because she just followed him right on his tail. And then she's outside. Oh, this is exciting. Oh my goodness, all these smells and and the things that I see from the inside. And isn't it wonderful? Not so much for, you know, her mommy and and her mommy's mommy. (laughs) So we spent hours looking for her. We caught a couple of glimpses, but she ran away from us. 
And this was about five in the morning when we first discovered she was missing. So then as it got lighter, Catherine and her boyfriend went around with, with their, you know, little treat bowl because usually Juno would come when she heard her, her treats in the bowl and no luck. A neighbor let us borrow a, have a heart trap, I think is what it's called. So where you can catch things humanely and then let them go. So we set that out every day out looking for Juno. Finally, Catherine decided to pay an animal tracker to come track her down, track down Juno. And that would have been, that was day three, would have been day four. But early in the morning, around seven in the morning, I hear a meowing. And I think it's Kojo. And Mark says, it's her. I'm thinking, oh, Kojo's saying, Juno's in the, in the, have a heart trap. Like, oh, cool. So she's trapped in there. Yay. And I walk outside in the carport and there's Juno meowing up a storm. Probably because she's hungry. She's been gone for three days. So I pick her up. I say, your mommy is going to be so happy to see you. Bring her in. Go bang on Catherine's door. Juno is back. Juno is back. Fantastic, right? Wonderful ending to the story. But the story's not over yet. We implemented all sorts of protocols. So Mark fabricated a way to lock the cat door during the day. And then we just have to let Kojo in and out of, of the door. So, But then at night, they keep Juno in the bedroom with them. And then we unlock the, the cat door. And then Kojo has his freedom to come and go as he likes at night. So we have to make sure that Juno's in the bedroom at night, come out, lock the, the flap over the cat door so that she can't get out. And then we've been closing the doors, trying to be very careful so that she doesn't just shoot out. She is silent and fast. Well, that was about six weeks, maybe almost seven weeks that she was missing. So as you can imagine... You get used to the new normal. You shut the door and you, yes, we, we make sure that the fabricated door is, is locked when Juno comes out of the bedroom, but you start to get complacent. So Catherine and her boyfriend were getting ready to go to the store and I was standing in the open screen door, had it open so I could talk to them, ask, you know, telling them what to get at the store. And out shoots Juno. She was waiting, I'm sure, for her moment. I got complacent. I wasn't thinking. I was standing there with the door ajar, not thinking about have to keep up the protocols so that Juno can't escape. This is a very long story to get to my point, which is we all become complacent. We were complacent before coronavirus in many ways. Go to networking events and there is no such thing called social distancing. 
four months ago, not at least here in the U.S. We have meetings. We have a commute. I can't even think of all the things where we were complacent. And then now, of course, in this situation, yes, we have new protocols. And even there, we might become complacent. Oh, do I really need to wash my hands when I didn't touch anything when I was out today? All I did was stay in my car because I went through drive through and picked up carry-out food or my carry-out order, whatever it might be. Do I really have to wash my hands? Oh, I don't have to do it this time. I don't have to do it every time. We get complacent. Now with the Juno situation, it was this conscious shock. Oh, that's right. We have to be very vigilant. It all ended well. We were able to get her back in the house pretty darn quickly after that second escape. But it's going to be easy to become complacent again because you forget. Oh, yeah, things are fine. Things are fine. Oh, we don't have to worry about that so much. What we don't realize is that things are lying in wait to poke their heads up. Not necessarily in a sinister way. Juno is wanting to get out. She was waiting for her moment. Where are you becoming complacent? Business as usual. Not being conscious or intentional. Going on autopilot. That's really what this is about. Complacency is about going on autopilot. We can't be 100% conscious all the time. You're breathing right now. You don't have to think, I have to breathe in. And now I have to breathe out. You don't have to do that because your body can go on autopilot in certain systems. But we can't use that same autopilotness in everything. Oh, here's this meeting I'm in. Let me think about my grocery list or online shopping or whatever it might be. We become complacent. What's the deeper why? Why were we closing the door and not leaving it open so that Juno can't get out? Need to remember that. Need to be conscious of it. So where are you becoming or have become complacent even now, even with the world changing, in your life and in your business? Maybe the answer to that is just catch yourself kind of like when you're driving and you realize, I don't really remember (laughs) getting here, especially if it's a route you do all the time. Are you paying attention to the traffic? Are you really looking at the cars and the people in the cars? Are you really looking at the side of the road? Are you paying attention? Or are you on autopilot? There are some circumstances in which we cannot afford to go on autopilot, to be complacent. Just like with Juno, we don't want another missing kitty experience. That was a pretty awful experience for her to be gone for three plus days. Again, maybe the answer is catching yourself, checking in. Am I paying attention in this meeting? 
what did that person just say? Am I listening to understand? Or is my mind somewhere else? Why am I writing this report? Why am I calling this client? What's the deeper why? And that will help keep you conscious and intentional. We can't avoid becoming complacent 100%, but we can at least make an effort to be more conscious and intentional than we normally are. I hope you have found this helpful. If you haven't already, I would love a review and a rating over on Apple Podcasts so that I can talk to more of you and make a difference in my way. Until next time, may you thrive.